0: This is Express Leads. Welcome everyone to Express Leads. I'm your host, Paul Brady. And this week we're talking to Jared Nigro, who is the owner of Event Tents LLC. It's a company that uh, handles party and wedding rentals. And um, I just wanted to say welcome, Jared. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So um, I'm curious about about your business because that's it's a business um, I don't hear a lot about. So tell me mm-hmm. a little bit more about what your business is and what you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's Evo Tense LLC. Um, we, I started technically in 2019, but my first job wasn't until 2020. So we set up wedding tents, um, you know, party tents, tables, chairs, lighting, things like that uh, for all kinds of events. So, uh, you know, graduations were very popular in June, and then it tends to slow down as vacation time, if you will, uh, comes into play, you know, during July and August. Uh, but, yeah, we set up events of, you know, different sizes and different styles.
0: Okay. So would you say your, your business, based on what you just said, would you say your businesses can be – you know, seasonal or?
1: Yeah. So it's definitely seasonal. Some people do it year round, but, uh, you know, the bulk of it, as you'd imagine, is done during the warmer months. So I I personally don't know if, I don't think I'm going to set up tents in the winter because it's not great for the the fabric. It actually just deteriorates, you know, it increases the speed at which it deteriorates. So, um, but it's definitely more seasonal than anything. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Actually, that's a that's a great point, Jared, because I've been to weddings before where, you know, I have one friend and it's unusual, but some people like to get married, um, you know, like in the fall, whereas <clears> most <throat> people get married in this in the summer, you know. Um, June, June is like a, probably a really popular month, right, for you guys? So, yeah, May
1: and June are popular uh, for weddings and graduations. And then surprisingly, I mean, granted, this is only my second year, so I haven't really seen the waves, if you will, of a business but I hear that uh, September and October are very busy I believe for weddings so um, that you know that would be cool to see this year that's
0: awesome yeah yeah cuz I you know so I started to go down this road with my friend so my friend had a wedding it was in November mm-hmm. and they had a big huge you know outdoor tent and it, it had all this equipment for heating and everything else yeah. so you you don't do any of that stuff so I
1: do have the heaters uh, I purchased those last year I've only used them once actually, but I think, uh, you know, as my name gets out there more and COVID is kind of a thing of the past, uh, I will be renting out more tents and more tents during the fall as well. So I think I'll bring those out this year, which I'm excited about. And we have the walls, uh, the side wall as well, to keep it a little bit, you know, more insulated and keep out some of the wind. But I don't specialize, if you will, in uh, winter setups.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there are there are plenty of days in early spring and even in summer now, sometimes that are cold. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yep. It's uh, the good thing about
1: the heaters is that it opens you up sooner. As you said, you know, colder days during the spring and then it keeps you open uh, a little later in the season once it starts to cool down again.
0: So tell me um, you mentioned starting and and I want to get the timeline right here. So you mentioned starting. So did you actually start at the beginning of the pandemic and then the pandemic hit, or did you start during the pandemic?
1: So I started in the actual date of the business, uh, you know, being formed, I believe is November 13th of 2019. So that was just kind of getting my feet wet, if you will, and, you know, setting everything up. I didn't plan on really getting any jobs that year. And then 2020, so when, yeah, when COVID hit, um, it was definitely a weird first year. It, you know, it was slow at first and kind of slow throughout the entirety of it, but um, so I did survived covid if you will granted i'm not living off this full time so it wasn't as scary as some businesses had it but i did go through covid with a party rental company which was quite odd so this year's looking a lot better
0: than last yeah yeah because i i mean um it seems like there were there and there may still be opportunity but it seems like there's an opportunity there for you because there were so many restaurants for instance Mm. that had to scramble and set up you know outside things did you find yourself doing anything for restaurants during covid to set them up that's a great question.
1: So there's two different styles of tents. Well, there's a few, but one of them I did not one of them that is necessary for being set up on pavement. I did not own at the time. And a lot of restaurants needed pavement, you know, tents that could go on pavement. So I kind of missed out on that opportunity. Um, there's still a little bit of that going on right now, but I don't have any long term rentals up. But you're definitely right. It opened up an opportunity for Tends to go up from restaurants as well as COVID testing sites. That uh, that was super popular in the industry. Last oh wow!
0: Year. I didn't even I didn't even think about the COVID testing sites. That's a that's a great point too.
1: Yeah, it was yeah it was very popular. I again I didn't have the the correct style of tent to go on pavement, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, a, a lot of companies were doing really well based off that, which was good because, of course, as you'd imagine, a lot of weddings postponed, so they were still hurting. But it was good to have the COVID. Um, you know, tents and the restaurant tends to go out.
0: So did you, um, did you find that, you know, given, I know during COVID there was a lot written about supply chain issues just in time, mm-hmm. you know, um, supply and all that stuff. Did you, were you hit by that at all? Were there things that you, you could, you ordered and they were on back order because of all the shortages?
1: So that's a very good question.
0: Uh, I didn't
1: run into that much last year because I didn't purchase a ton of inventory this year. I definitely, I'm feeling it. So there are now search, not only are there delays, but there's surcharges on certain products, um, either labor charges because of the labor shortage, or um, as you said, you know, material shortages. So I bought a dance floor recently, and I believe it had a five or eight percent increase due to, it was just a surcharge for uh, raw material, low raw material inventory or something like that
0: right
1: so, yeah it's definitely affected pricing and delays yes I know several companies that have still not received chairs they ordered months ago so it's it's an interesting time
0: so the the dance floor um mm-hmm. you're talking weddings right
1: yeah so they I, I actually hasn't rented out yeah I just bought it uh, I have it scheduled to go out uh, in August which I'm excited about but it they're popular for weddings but you can also do them for you know more formal parties or bus- I might botch bus- this word but bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs, things like that, where there's more dancing involved. Right, right. I'm very excited about it.
0: So I'm sitting here thinking about what you said about, you know, the different clients that you, you work with and, mm-hmm. you know, weddings, parties. Um, you also mentioned things about uh, lighting, graduations, I believe, and now, um, you know, bat and bar mitzvahs, right? Um, yeah. what, what? Can you give me a little more detail on the lighting? What do you mean by lighting? Yeah, definitely. So I
1: have their bistro bulbs, so they're, the, you know, the longer bulbs and it's a, it's on a string. So what we do is string those around the interior of the tent, um, around the perimeter. And I'd like to get kind of fancy with some more designs swinging up to the peak of the tent and coming back down to the perimeter. Um, but yeah, lighting's pretty popular, especially if it's a nighttime event. You know, some people use Maybe the lighting off the house if the tent's close to the house, but the lighting underneath if we set it up looks really nice because it's a warm glow, so it's yeah. not too excessive and it really helps the party out.
0: Interesting. So um, you got my you got my marketing brain spinning here for a second, thinking about your your business and um, so you're talking about you know all the things we just mentioned, weddings and so forth. Do mm. you? Um, I was going to ask you about potential partners that would benefit you. And I, I think, I mean, at least one off the top of my head, and I, I don't know if this is true, but it seems like DJs would be a, a potential partner for you.
1: Yeah, so we definitely intertwine sometimes. Um, I've dealt with a, just a couple of them. I don't, I mean, within the industry, especially on Facebook, we'll you know, shout each other out, but I don't really have interest in setting up a partner program or something like that, where we do discounts or deals, things like that. I don't know if that's where you're heading with this, but
0: no, no, no. I'm, I'm literally, I'm just trying to, and that's an interesting point, but that wasn't where I was going. I was just trying to figure out, you know, what potential partners that, that, you know, it'd be mutually beneficial. So I, I would imagine like DJs would be mutually beneficial.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. DJs, uh, caterers, things that it's not direct competition. Our competition at all, really, so we can help each other out. Um, You know, caterers, DJs, florists, uh, wedding planners. um, You know, we'll all kind of shout each other out on certain events. Um, Okay. Yeah, so it it definitely helps out to know people within the industry where it's not direct competition because we'll both benefit from it, like you said.
0: So you—that's interesting. So you talk to florists to get like dance floors. You so do you have dance floors custom made? Or a, a florist, like flowers. Oh, jeez. Flo- oh,
1: so- <laughs> oh,
0: man. Nothing like being a total idiot. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, it was so funny. I'm so – I'm concentrating so much on the dance aspect and the floor that you said florist. It's like, of course it's flowers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, there you go, folks. Um, you can stop listening to my show right now. No, no, no. I'm kidding. Um yeah, so Floris, Yeah, Floris would be a good one because of the weddings. I mean, anyone mm. that can introduce you um, to events, right? So, exactly. so what about? Um, and I'll throw a few out there. My wife runs a. Um, she has a dog uh, walking business, a, a pet services business. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, um, you know, if you go out to uh, the Wyman Gordon area, that that whole uh, ground out there in Grafton. They have this thing called the Pet Rock Festival every year. And that's just a really um, big event where businesses, small and large, get together. And people bring their dogs and they all walk around and go to visit various tents where they have like uh, animal rescue and dog walkers and pet products and all this stuff. And, you know, one thing I saw there, of course, was tents. Lots of them. Um, Is that – are you constantly looking for new – you know, new avenues of, of kind of trying to figure out strategic, you know, um, people that you can possibly partner with or mutually benefit from? Honestly, no. Um,
1: as I grow, I probably will. It kind of just not fell into my lap. I, I already have a decent list set up, if you will, of vendors, you know, other vendors that can help me, help, we can help each other out. Um, I set up a, or I hosted a bridal expo in May. So I met a lot of people that way, you know, florists, um, DJs, tra- uh, tra- a travel agency. So I I already kind of have, you know, a list going now. But as I grow, I might try to seek out more to, like you said, we can help each other out. But um, and the thing with the festival tents is festivals are nice because a lot of tents go out. But you have to be careful what tents you send because they did. De- it's usually they might get destroyed a little bit at a festival.
0: Um, right. Yeah. But so you do home expo stuff like that too, right? Uh, what do you mean by that? Sorry. Well, home expo. So <clears throat> there's a lot of, like I've been to several home expos where you show up and um, similar setup up to a bridal expo, except it's all like flooring companies and it actually can be almost anything. I mean, I've been at a, I, I took my wife's business to a home expo. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just another expo. Oh, OK. I see what you're saying. now. So it's yeah, I, a you know, lot of contractors, and construction people.
1: OK. I've never actually gone to an expo other than my own. Um, I set up a couple of tents at a local. It's actually Douglas Orchard and Farm. We set up some tents there and I invited vendors to come in and sit underneath the tents. And, you know, then we invited potential clients through, you know, brides and, or, you know, newly engaged couple so it's nice but I've never done I've never actually paid to be part of a, of an expo I've heard good and good and bad from them
0: okay um so let me switch gears here for for a second um are you Jared are you uh do you have any geographic limitations to where you can do business
1: yes definitely so i mean in terms of just time and energy you know i don't want to travel too far um but i so i can legally operate in massachusetts rhode island and connecticut because i have the sales tax form for those states so i can't go you know anywhere out of there but i don't like to travel too far anyway especially with a business like this it's a lot of it is a lot of driving as is and there's a lot of weight work towing behind us so it just it really adds up um, on the vehicle and the gas so i try to stay within massachusetts
0: okay and where, um, where are you? Where's your business located? Where's your headquarters?
1: Yeah, so it's in Northbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, okay, and I'll, I mean I'll travel anywhere in Mass, but it's that honestly the delivery fee would just be higher the, the further we go from Northbridge.
0: Okay, um, so let me let me uh, let me ask you about, you know, how people find out about your business. Are mm-hmm. you, you know, where where do you? Um, do you do any type of paid advertising or how do you reach out to people?
1: Yeah. So during the first year, it was just word of mouth and, um, you know, just social media. So basically word of mouth. And I didn't pay anything until this year. Actually, very recently, I started doing Facebook ads and I'm still trying to figure it out because it's it's a service-based industry. So it's I have to advertise it differently than if it was a product-based industry or product-based business so it's it's tricky for me at least you know i'm trying to learn it but um yeah to answer your question yes uh facebook ads so far is the only thing i paid for
0: okay yeah i mean facebook can be i'm talking from experience facebook can be a little tricky Mm -hmm. because you 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 can find yourself running a follow their uh rules and regulations pretty um easily um so yeah so facebook so word of mouth, social media. So you mentioned social media. What, what are your, what are your social media channels that you frequent now or that you have a presence on?
1: Yeah. So I, I definitely favor Facebook and Instagram primarily because I can post, you know, one post will go to both. So it makes it easy, which isn't the best method um, because they have different, you know, demographics on them. But anyway, so I use Facebook, Instagram, recently got into TikTok, which i'm super happy about and really
0: i i can't wait to talk to you about that i'm sorry go ahead
1: yeah that's okay so it's um those three are honestly the bulk and then i try to keep up on my google business uh my google business just with pictures but um definitely i I would say facebook's my top go-to social media platform
0: so when you say google business are you talking about um gmb google my business
1: i think so yeah it's
0: just the main uh The Google listing. Right, right, right. Exactly. So it's good. So, okay. So you get Google my business going. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Um, a platform, but uh, I just try to
1: keep up on it with images.
0: Okay. So how, um, about how frequently do you post pictures on Instagram? Like, do you do it every time you have a, um, an event or is it just every time you have an event as well as, you know, posting things in between like stuff from the office, or maybe you do live streams, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So right now it's primarily just setups, which I need to fear away from because tents can only be so exciting for so many people. Um, I want to bring more value, but anyway, I digress. So it's usually an event setup, and it's I try to do one to two times a week uh, right now, and it's been I've been pretty consistent, but that's something I should probably definitely work on as well. Consistency.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Okay. And where do you tend to, I know you said you do some advertising, but um, to, in order to do that, you have to kind of define your niche and your your client. So can you tell, tell everyone what is, you know, what is an ideal client for you and why?
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's something I have to figure out as well. I was before this interview, I was watching a YouTube video about it actually, but um, it's primarily women that reach out. Definitely. Uh, you know, they're usually planning it planning the event if you know if it's a wedding it's almost always a a woman reaching out and I'd say between 30 and 60 female and I don't I'm trying to get a whole you know hold of the interests that I should track on Facebook so that's kind of a tricky one because it's not like uh, you know there's a lot of tent pages that the clients are liking so it's there's not a lot of information to go off of basically so I have to figure that out figure out that interest
0: right right okay so you find most of your people online through um you know targeted advertising where your demographic is women 30 Mm -hmm. to 60 um and uh okay um yeah so i'm sitting here thinking and so let me let me switch gears um a little bit um yeah, actually before I do that, I did have a, a few more questions about this yeah. as well now that I'm thinking about it. Um so so we've been talking about social media and some of the things you do, but as far as social media and, and the types of outreach you do, and so by that I mean like email lists, newsletters, anything mm-hmm. like that. How often do you contact you know your your regular client list and and how often do you contact prospects and and do you even have like things like an email list and stuff like that?
1: So I don't have an email list. I definitely should have a newsletter or, you know, just an email I send out once a week. Um, but right now I do not – I haven't done any retargeting at all, which I should okay. definitely get working on.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. No, these are all good things to know because I, I want – I like to finish up the podcast with spending a few minutes just talking about some recommendations on things I think might help your business. Okay. Um, so do you um, – I know this is kind of a funny question, but have you set any type of daily, weekly or monthly goals for your business? So um, by that, I mean things like maybe um, targeted revenue goals or lead goals, meaning how many people you want to reach in, in a given – for a given campaign, um, meeting goals, anything like that? I So at the beginning of
1: the year, I had a yearly goal monetarily I wanted to hit. Um, but other than that, I don't set goals, which okay. I, I have heard great things about goals. So I – would like to get better at that as well. Um, and weekly sounds like a good idea too, especially with social media trying to hit, you know, a certain audience number, you know, that this week versus next week.
0: Right. Right. Um, and, and what do you think are the, and I'm sure you, you would get at least one, right? What do you think are the top three questions that you, you hear from every client or prospect in your industry and they could, you know, the most common questions.
1: So the most common yeah. questions, um, one is, do we set up? So if we set up the tent, uh, which we do, we set up and take down for you, which is nice.
0: And, oh, that is nice.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of them need help with the layout, or you know, the layout of the tent, how many people can fit under a certain tent. So I have um, CAD images drawn up, so I can I, I shoot those over, you know, an email form, so they can see exactly what it will look like under the tent, which helps a lot of the time. And I'm trying to think of another. That's concept. cool. Yeah, it's it's been helpful. Um, clients really like it because it just, you know, it's it's good to have a visual because other than, you know, if you're not in the tent industry, it's you wouldn't really know what fits under a tent. So it's nice to have the the visual there. For sure.
0: Right, right. So do you? Um, I'm so, so I'm assuming that price is probably one of them also, right? A, oh, oh yes. I'm sorry. That is definitely a big
1: question that gets. Yeah. asked. yeah.
0: Almost everyone gets at as their number one, uh, <laughs> yeah. number one question, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do you, uh, do you, do you, just out of curiosity, do you collect uh, customer deposits or payments online, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it is very common in the industry to have a collected deposit before the event, and right now I don't. I. I probably will in the future, and then as far as payment goes, they can pay any time between the time of the booking, and the day before we set up, and that can be done online, which is really nice with just credit, debit, or in person with check or cash. So there's multiple right. avenues they can take there.
0: Okay, um, and what do you what type of a tool do you use to collect the payments online? Yeah, it's uh, QuickBooks. So. Just these QuickBooks there, yeah,
1: and send up okay. the invoice via email.
0: Cool. Okay, just curious. Um, yeah. All right, so let me um, – let's walk through a couple of things for you. Sure. So um, I think one thing that I can say that, that right off the top of my head would be an immediate um, recommendation for you um, would be that you sh- you've got to have an email list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when people – join you as a client, how do they do that? Are they get, If they're just giving you their email, are they coming in through a, a funnel or um, through Facebook lead where you get their email address, something like that where you can save the email and use it in an email list? Yeah, so they, uh,
1: they usually come through my website and there's a contact form there. So I definitely have a lot of emails. I just haven't compiled them uh, and I definitely should because I know there's programs out there. I believe MailChimp is one of them where we'll just send it out and I really don't have to worry about it much. So, um, I should really start holding on to those emails,
0: right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Cause that's the one thing I always tell people is that the money's in the list, right? So, um, and the good thing about an email list too, another recommendation is that if you, if you build up an email list and you have it, mm. um, you can reach out to people and offer incentives for them for bringing you new clients. Or you can get wow. repeat business. You know, um, that's like a, a huge thing for people, and 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 you know, I I always tell folks too that you know, um, there is a difference between um, the type of traffic that you get from a Facebook ad versus the type of traffic and the types of things you get from an email list. So. So Facebook ads, that's borrowed traffic, right? Because you're paying for it. And as soon as you stop paying, it disappears. Mm. Um, But once you have an email list, people on your list, that's traffic you own. And you can go back to that well over and over and over again and um, not spend a dime. So if you think of it this way, it's like I was saying this to my wife the other day. We were talking about um, mailing lists. And I forget why, but uh, probably because of her business. But I was saying that, you know, why it's like. Having a mailing, having an email list is like being able to send a letter out, not paying for postage all day long. It's just free. Just send it out, you know. Um, and actually, you know what? That's why I was saying that. We get a letter from someone who, um, and this was like 10 years ago, I tried to convince them to do a mailing list. And they just have this postal address list, and they spend a ton of money on direct mail. And it's yeah, like, why right, do a- that when you can get email? Mm. You know? So, um, so uh You know, that's so that's one thing you can do is they can come through your website. The other thing that I recommend to people is uh, if you create, um, you know, a a landing page that's separate from your website that doesn't have any of the distractions of a website. Right. Because people come on a website with a contact form and your conversion rate for people that actually sign up is lower than when they go to a landing page. And the reason for that is that there's all these distractions on a website. You know, you get different links. You might have stuff on the side. You might have a nav bar at top um you know something could distract someone whereas a landing page there's just the offer you know you're there sign up get my free ebook and uh we'll send you this or sign up and get you know uh, our black friday special sign up here join our mailing list we'll give you a five percent off something Mm -hmm. whatever you do right um that way you're getting people to join your mailing list they're coming through an opt-in they're getting um you know they're getting their uh lead magnet which you know, you you talked about CAD drawings and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's probably other things. You know, you sh- if you just think in the back of your mind what what would be, and that's why I was asking you what are the, you know some common top three questions a client or a prospect might ask you. Um, you could actually turn around and create an ebook or pay someone if you don't want to do it yourself on Fiverr or Upwork. Just give them an outline and tell them, you know, I want you to create this ebook and here's what I want it to say, and um, and with a little work, you could probably clean it up and put it out as a lead magnet. And what are you doing? Well, you're answering the most popular questions that everyone that comes to you asks. So they look at that and say, "Oh, yeah, I want to." That's you know, that's something I want to check out. You know, um, and so what's the the real value in doing that is you can go from, um, and this is kind of this marketing. Um, there's this idea behind funnel stacking. It's something that. Um, a bunch of different marketers talk about and it's the idea is you come in from one funnel and you go to another funnel we are sending the funnels in the order of free to low ticket to high ticket and so on the cost so so you can go from a free funnel where they're grabbing a lead magnet to saying hey if you act now and you know if you if you're if you're interested in setting up an event if you act now i'll give you five percent off if you pay you know a deposit today you know and that deposit will set up a phone you know they'll get a thank you page and they'll have a phone number and stuff right so it's just a way to drive traffic um directly to a free offer and then a send up to you know a paying offer and you can target those people um through like a facebook or google ad because you have you know again you told me you have uh geographic limitations right so you can just target massachusetts the entire state if you want or you can target probably um the areas that make sense in massachusetts like maybe the um more like the cities and stuff of boston uh mm. you know worcester uh you know springfield just a bunch of stuff like that are the areas where you typically know from your own experience you get the most business um and so that's a way that you can kind of drive you know a sale right away and so if you think of it this way um a sales funnel is like walking into sears And when you walk around, what happens? You uh, invariably a sales guy is going to come up to you and say, oh, can I help you with a washer? If you're looking at washers or TVs or something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's their job. They get paid to come over and try and sell you. And they have this conversation that goes back and forth and that's what an online sales funnel is like, except instead of having a conversation, you're, you're leading them through a a monologue where you're telling them, Hey, if you do this, you're going to get this great value. And, and you know, you get about um, – depending on the offers, you'll get about up to 30 percent of people uh, that come in through a free offer um, You know, upgrading to a paid offer. So it's money. You know, It comes right in there and you're building your mailing list at the same time by offering something free on the front end. Now they could say no and you could upsell them again. Like that's the one thing I didn't ask you when people actually come in um, Jared, right. Mm-hmm. And they want services with you. Do you upsell them? Is there any services? Like someone might say, Oh, I just need tents. Do you say, Oh, well, if you, if you want lighting, it, you know, we can add that. And, you know, and there's like, are there things that are extra costs for people or is it all one package?
1: Yeah. So I, I do try to upsell definitely. Um, if they come in for a, you know, it, it's usually a tent tables and chairs, mm-hmm. I'll offer cocktail tables or lighting, maybe a cooler something like that to try to upsell. And, um, depending on the client, they'll, they'll go for it, which is nice.
0: See, that's perfect because when you come into a sales funnel like that, you can have your initial offer where you're trying to get them to buy something. And then you can, and you can say when they hit, okay. And they, they pay for it. Cause again, once they come into the sales funnel, they're giving you the credit card. Okay. And every upsell after that, if they say yes, their credit card's already on the system. So if they say, yeah, I want to do this. And then it says, wait, you're not done yet. Would you like lighting with that? And you have like, a video or a picture of lighting and some sales copy on there. Right. And Mm -hmm. then they say, yeah, I want lighting. I'll I'll get 10% off, but it only happened. You're only going to see that today on this funnel. You say, yeah, I'll get it. And they click it. So what have you done? You've just, you basically are creating, um, a workflow that allows you to sell people online without you having to have a phone conversation with every single person on there. Um, about all these things and you know it can also it's eventually will lead to that anyways but it'd be nicer to pick the phone up and talk to someone that's already put some money down right mm-hmm. no definitely. definitely okay okay. Um, so yeah I mean I would recommend thinking about some of those things and there are lots of you know free or um, otherwise paid tools you can use I use something called click funnels uh, one of the tools I use it's a landing page so, uh, software that also allows you to create Uh, email list or integrate with things like get response which is another one i use there's a good email list um and you know depending on your budget there are some there are also some free ones out there and i'll try and post a link to some of that um tools i'm talking about um in the description of the podcast i always tell my um, folks that but uh that my listeners um but you know for for you you know um before I miss the opportunity or before I forget I just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people how do um, people listening how do they contact you if they're interested in talking to you about your business
1: yeah definitely so it, the contact information is on the website which is evotentsllc.com um or you can you know give me a call or shoot us an email uh, the phone number is 508-320-2553 um, so yeah, we answer emails and I, I get back to emails every day and I'll, I'll definitely call anybody back if there's a voicemail left. Um, awesome. I, I had a question for you, actually, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you if you had any questions for me before we wrap up.
1: Yeah, definitely. So in terms for, for Facebook ads, um, do you think it would be better for the landing page to be just a, land, you know, just a landing page or do you think it would be better going to, straight to the website?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I would definitely not go straight to the website really? because okay. um the convert like I said the conversion rate. So in other words, you're thinking let let me send someone directly to my contact page, right? So it would just be well that's something I have to play with as well. I I would probably do the home page um but I don't know. I'm not No, sure. no, no. I I so um I would definitely recommend against that because Really? Okay. Yeah, your your conversion rate's so old, you know, the difference between doing that and going to some sort of a landing page, the conversion rates drop precipitously when you send someone. I mean, even when you send them to a contact page on a website, if you're just sending them to the page, you're mm-hmm. you're going to lose a lot of uh, conversions there. Okay, because people click it and they'll look and they'll say, "Eh," you know, they don't see an offer, right? So you want to you want to make an offer to someone. So I what I would do is, I would send I would do one of two things. Um, you can do a, what's called a Facebook lead ad. Where it collects a name and an email. Now what Facebook does is kind of hokey. They'll take that stuff, those leads, those names and emails, and they'll save them in a you know a comma separated value file, right? Which is just a fancy thing that you can op- a fancy way of saying you can open it up in Excel and see a spreadsheet of all the names. That's okay. kind of lousy, right? But what I've done for clients in the past is I've set something up where if they're using Facebook lead ads or if I recommend it, like I do a lot with gyms, um, so people, for instance, come in for a gym and they say, oh, yeah, I'm interested in this special, you know, mm-hmm. free membership for seven days. And, you know, and if I sign up before the seven days, I get an additional month off. Yeah. That sounds like a great deal. Right. So they give their, and, and they don't even have to put it in. That's the, that's kind of the beauty of a Facebook lead ad, their name and email for the most parts already populated. So when they go to, um, that page, it'll, they see it, they click the button cause they're interested. They'll see their name and email already pre-populated. All I have to do is click submit. So when they click submit, um, what I do is I use something called um, Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R. And Zapier is a tool that allows you to integrate with other tools that that um, as kind of a, a man in the middle type of thing. So for Facebook, um, whenever someone uh, does a lead ad, they fill in their name and number. Zapier takes that, for my clients, the ones I've done in the past for the gyms mm-hmm. takes that, um, saves them in, in my CRM, which in this case was ClickFunnels. Um, could also save it to active campaign. It could save it to get response, a bunch of things, right? But it saves it on a mailing list. But I also, as part of the same workflow, I create an SMS text message so that I get texted and the client gets texted. Oh, okay. And what I text them is I just have a little boilerplate template. Are you saying, please contact this client in the next five minutes. You know, I try and emphasize that because people wait too long sometimes to talk to people. But yeah, so they'll get it and it'll say, contact this client. And it'll have their name and their phone number and their email. And the beauty of that is because it's a text message, you just click on that phone number and what are you doing? You're calling them.
1: That's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and that's one way to certainly do that and to build a list because again, they're opting in. So you can take that and you can import that into something like get response or click funnels like like all those guys are very serious about uh, mailing lists so when you go to import a list for instance in ClickFunnels, they'll ask you um are these people that really opted in in other words you don't want to just import a list of people that didn't opt into any of your campaigns because then you know they could complain and you won't necessarily uh, get in trouble because you they did opt in and you can show that right mm-hmm. uh, but If they didn't opt in and they complain, um, then, you know, as long as you have an unsubscribe button somewhere or link on your on your email, you're okay. But you have to follow the um, can spam act very carefully. And that's why I like tools like GetResponse or MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or ClickFunnels because um, they're all can spam uh, act compliant. So I'll give you I'll give you an example. Some person sent me an email the other day and they said, uh, and I don't know how they got my email address, but they were trying to sell me something. Mm. And there was no unsubscribe link on there. Now, if I had reported that person, because I checked it out, it was a real website and everything. Had I reported that person, they could get in huge trouble with the FTC. Like they'll find them big time for doing something like that. It's like a a spam call, you can get fined for that too. Um, But my understanding is, as long as you have an unsubscribe button on something, um you're not in trouble but but here's the other problem let's say that you do that and then you wait six months and you put a bunch of people on your list and you start sending them messages right Mm. um you're not going to get in trouble with the ftc because you have an unsubscribe link and they did opt in but you just haven't done anything with them for a long long time so if there are a number of complaints not just unsubscribes but complaints you end up getting kind of i don't know the right way to phrase it but a little black mark with people like get response or or even SendGrid if you're doing it through click funnels right SendGrid manage will monitor your um i guess they call it your email health the health of your email list okay um, so there's things like that to consider so for instance in your case you said you have a bunch of emails um mm. you haven't done anything with them and it's yeah. probably been a while since you contacted them so if it were me and I were going to create a mailing list, the first thing I would do is send out, um, an email, basically explaining, you know, somewhere along the lines of, you know, you've worked with us, um, Hey, you know, my name's Jared. And, uh, I, I run, uh, you know, Evo Tense LLC. And, um, I just want to um, thank you for signing up for my list previously. It's been a long time since I've reached out. Uh, apologies for the delay or apologies for the um, whatever, however you want to put it. But mm-hmm. when someone reads it, you want to say that right up front because if you haven't sent, if you got an email and the email's six months old and you never sent them anything, yeah, they're going to think it's spam because they probably don't even remember. Right, right. right? So if you do something like that, you'll probably be okay. You'll probably have a lower unsubscribe rate. And if you have a lot of emails, you definitely want to take advantage of that. No doubt. Um, but once you do that, it's important that you do You send out regular uh, email messages to your clients, even if it's like once a week, you know, just and the other thing that's that's cool about it is you can just send out newsletter style things saying, you know, you just did, um, you know, about an event that that you just did and and showcasing things and pictures and, you know, always having links in the bottom of your email to your social media properties, you know, a little cross pollination going on there. So you get people. Yeah, yeah. That way you get people to sign up for your. Your Facebook uh, you know, page, if you have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, your Instagram account, um, and and always try and provide value. You know, like I would literally have someone film me setting up a tent and talking about it and maybe going through, you know, what do I do? How do I set up a tent for 30 people? How, what would that look like? Okay. Well, hey, you know what? Let me show you. I like that. I like that yeah. idea a lot. It's all about um, value. You can't always send an email to people selling them. So it's really mm-hmm. about it's about value. Um, so do you, do you have uh, some more questions for me? I'm happy to answer any. Um, I
1: don't believe so. You're just having me thinking about the mailing list now. I definitely have to get on that. And I like the yeah. idea of the, the newsletter because I'm not huge on discounts. So I, I want
0: to bring value other ways. Um, Doing-it-yourself like- videos are a huge way to do that. Like people love video. They love it um and that's the other thing i was going to say you know how you were and i'm glad you said that jared you know how you're saying that you can only do so many pictures of tents right Um, yeah well one of the things you can do with a setup is do a facebook live right or a youtube live and Mm -hmm. walk around holding your phone in front of you and um you know saying hey so i'm here at the so-and-so event and we just set up a bunch of tents and uh you know, we've got a capacity, the, the owner's tell me, of about a thousand people here today. So we set up some tents for these people that are da-da-da-da-da, and let's go talk to one of them or something like that, if they'll talk with you, that kind of a thing. Um, and if they don't want to talk, then just talk about what you did to set their tent up. You know, basically, you're, it's informational, it's fun, but you're also educating people a little bit on, well, you know, this guy wanted uh, 100 people in his tent, and so this is how we figured out figured that out. And you just tell them because people again, you're trying to address those questions that people ask you the most, right? Um, right. You know, so um, so yeah, that that sounds like you have a really interesting business, Jared. Um, and you know, with with uh, you know an email list and some regular communication out there and reaching out to your existing clients, you could probably start you know creating a little um, you know train of referrals and uh, you know. Doing something for your existing clients and actually even when you sign them up, I know you're not big on discounts, but mm. if you sign them up. You can say, look at the next time you need us because you're doing two things here, right? They paid for you already. But but what happens is after they sign up saying the next time you sign up, we're going to give you X percent off. And if you send us a referral, we'll also give you X percent off, you know. Um, kind of a way to get them to repeat business and to get them to recommend someone to you. now I, I know people are hesitant sometimes about discounts that kind of thing um, but there's different ways you can do it. It doesn't have to be monetarily right you can offer them maybe services that normally you might charge for um, that isn't that isn't super expensive that you can take it off because people appreciate that kind of thing you know right
1: right I would yeah if, if I was to do something it probably would be along those lines. Uh, because then it doesn't hurt me as much, uh, so to speak, you know, rather than taking money off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I have enjoyed, um, very much talking with you and I just want to say that, uh, you know, for those people, uh, listening, um, you know, the business again is, uh, Evo Tense LLC. I'm, I'm speaking with, um, Jared Nigro and, uh, You know, again, he runs a business for party and and wedding uh, rentals um, for uh, equipment, um, tents and and lighting and uh, a lot of good stuff. So uh, if you need to reach out to Jared, um, just one more time, Jared, what's the best way for people to reach out? It's your website, right?
1: Yeah, you can go on the website, which is evotentsllc.com. And there will be some contact information there and some pictures of
0: our work. Great. Well, thanks so much for uh, the interview today, Jared. I hope you have a great day.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, my
0: pleasure. This has been Express Leads, hosted by Paul Brady of Brady Consulting and Inbound Marketing. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to leave us a voice message by visiting anchor.fm slash express leads. Thank you.